sometimes I think the leaders get too much credit when really it's like that first follower is so important too. So important. You know? And like the reason I know we're going to be successful is because I, I know that the world is ready to accept the, the truth that success is a team sport. You feel me? Like I think the the mentality of coming from an inner city neighborhood is like just me by myself. I got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. for real, that's a, such a defeated mindset already. Like if you think that you got to do everything, then like there's no way you can compete with people who are playing a team sport. You know, and that's why our whole thing is independent doesn't mean alone. And I love that. You know. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of The Change what we normalize podcasts where we're breaking down stigmas and changing norms and having powerful conversations to elevate our mental health, build resilience, and really truly live in our purpose. And today I have an incredible guest with me. Um, this brother truly, truly inspires me. I promise you, y'all are in for a treat. Um, but I'm going to give him his flowers really quick before we start. I think it's super important. This gentleman is the co-founder and CCO of Rec Philly, board member, Urban Creators, Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient, and I'm sure it's a lot more stuff. And honestly, arguably, one of the best beards in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, Will Toms. Hey, peace, brother. Peace. Thank you, brother. Thank you for coming, man. Um, I appreciate it. I know your time is extremely valuable, man. Um, I'm super inspired by not just the work that you do, but the person that you are. Ah, just truly you, living in that expression of who you are. And um, I want you to receive those flowers because I feel like a lot of times as men, especially black men, we mm-hmm. don't allow ourselves to receive the the, uh, the love, the accolades yeah. and different things like that. I know that was challenging for me. So I just wanted to give you a moment to receive that, man. You know what? I appreciate those words and also that moment, you know, because I, I definitely agree. I could have easily been like, look, man, I'm just trying to get like you, bro. Yo, and that, you that's feel me? We, we, we send it right back. <laughs> we and it's deflect. Like, no, I'm, I'm trying right. to give it to you. And it's like. I'm just trying to be on your level. And right. it's like, yo, just... But now I'll let that land, just hold bro. This, just hold this, man. But no, land. I appreciate you, man. And um, I actually want to do something different okay. this time around because I usually get real serious, like, real early. Um, but I want to I want to have a little fun really quickly. Okay, let's and I want to ask you, man, what's your favorite movie and why? Wow. Um, mm, what's my favorite movie? So I really love films. Um, you know, I, I studied media in... in in college so like i've always just had a deep love of it so now like putting me on the spot to think about my very <laughs> favorite film ooh, and that's tough to do that's tough to do yeah so look i mean just because it's fresh in my mind i think the 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 piece of cinema that's like really with me right now is is the kanye documentary mm. you know that john just dropped and i think that you know I, i'm not going to give it like the best film i've ever seen but that's the one that's most meaningful to me right now you know, it's been inspiring me for the last 72 hours since I've watched it. Um, and there's been so many messages that have just been replaying for me. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to say that one, you know. That, I like that. Kanye that's that's a great choice. I wasn't going to say that one, but that's a fire choice. For me, it's a, it's a mix between his, uh, The Wood. I love The <laughs> Wood. I don't know why I that's love The Wood. It's a classic. It's a classic. Bro. And my wife hates that every time it comes on TV, I stop and watch. I love The Wood. <laughs> Um, but the pursuit of happiness, man, mm, that's that another great is one. by far, 
probably my favorite movie. Mm. Storyline, what it truly means. Yeah. Um, it just every I go back to it often. Yeah. At least, you know, once every two to three months I just watch it and just take so much and gather so much from it. Um so that that's that's yeah, that's it for me. But the wood a is a job. classic. The wood. That's definitely the wood, I mean, <laughs> then I feel like if we're going to just talk about black classics, got their love and basketball in there. That's a black saying, classic. And like, I had to talk with somebody about that the other day. I'm like, yo, what's the best on. black love classic? And, you know, obviously love and basketball. Slept you on. have a bunch of different things. But uh, I thought my life was going to pan out like love and basketball, bro. I think we all did. Like, I was playing <laughs> ball, and I'm like, yo, this is how it's going to look. Like, this is right. the girl I'm going to meet. And, um, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> that, that, that didn't happen at all. But, um, yeah, that, that was the love story that I wanted my life to look like. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to have this beautiful wife. She's going to be a hooper. Right. And it's, it, it just didn't pan out that way. So um, I do got one more. I got one more thing for you. One okay. more question. Let's do it. Um, while, we, while we're kind of hitting on this, what's a food that you can't live without? Spinach. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I was not expecting that. It's random, bro, but I don't know. I just really, really love spinach in all of its forms. Like, mm. I'll bust down a spinach salad raw. I'll cook it up, saute it. Like, But, like, spinach and mushrooms. And it's funny because, like, when I was a kid, I didn't like either of those foods. But now, like. Spinach and mushrooms. Yeah. That's, like, my that's my. No, I, I love spinach and mushrooms. It yeah. just, that was not what I was thinking. Wow. You know, and it's good for you, right? Yeah, like, I feel terrible. that now green in your life. What you thought I was going to say, like. Cheesesteaks? No, well, no. I, I want to be typical <laughs> like that. I mean, the shoe fits, but no. Um, <laughs> and now I'm just thinking, like, for me, I was like, yo, it's like baked mac and cheese and, like, pizza. I'm like, he no. said spinach. I feel terrible. No, I love it, bro. But, but nah, it's nah. just for me, man, you know, spinach. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I like sushi. You feel me? I love like, sushi. I love sushi. That's my vibe. My boy got me into it. Uh, maybe it's like five, six years ago, and um, I love sushi. I love, uh, what is it, shrimp tempura? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not like sushi sushi. It's kind of right. fried, but. That's like. You know, that's yeah, the beginner that's sushi. for the beginner sushi. You no know doubt. what I mean? That's the beginner side. But um, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I love those things. Um, but let's jump into it, man. Let's jump into it. Um, there's a quote that I love, right? And I always start this way because I truly mm. believe that your story is about you, but it's not for you, mm. right? It's yeah. for somebody else. I feel that. So, I want to kind of dive deep into that to really find out more about Will Toms. Sure. Obviously, you know, critically acclaimed, you're doing incredible things, you're everywhere. Shoot, you're almost the face of Philly, in my opinion. Like, we see you <laughs> everywhere doing amazing stuff, and it's it's very admirable. But um, Thanks, you weren't man. always in this place, obviously. Not at all. And I think it's important for especially the up-and-coming entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the individual looking to pursue their dreams, um, but they keep hitting these brick walls, and they don't have anyone around them that inspires them or encourages them, yeah. to hear people who have... I would say made it, but I know you're still going, so I don't want to cap you off like, hey, you made it. No but doubt. it's like you've hit a certain level mm-hmm. that a lot of people just don't. Sure. Um, so I think it's important to share those stories. So I want to dive deep. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, Young Will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And and I, I even love the way you frame that up, right? Because it's like that whole idea of like made it is is that's all perception, you know? Right, right. And, and, and what's wild is I think I am getting to this place where like – you know, people have a lot of respect for what I've accomplished so far and what our team has been able to accomplish. But like, you know, in my mind, as the entrepreneur that I am, I'm just getting started. Mm. You feel me? Like a decade in and I'm still just like, cool, This the warm up has started and now it's time to really like build the thing, you know. But that's just that's just the perspective of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, throwing back to like young Will, you know, I think I've always been the same person in the sense of like I've always been a really curious person 
I've always been like a tinkerer, you know what I mean? I've always been a nerd and always wanted to understand systems, right? So for example, like growing up, I was the kid that like for Christmas, if my grandmother got me that like remote control RC car, I was happy and I loved it, but she knew that I was about to ask for the screwdriver because I wanted to take it apart because it wasn't as fun for me to just play with it. I wanted to understand why it worked, mm. right? And I think like that curiosity has only just evolved into trying to understand bigger systems and more impactful systems. And then how could I design things to be able to create new outcomes, you know? Mm. Um, so my, my, my upbringing was, so I was raised by my grandmother, you know, since a very young age. Um, you know, I grew up in the Germantown section of, of, of the city and, um, you know, really young, I was exposed to the same things that a lot of young black men, especially if you're from a city like Philadelphia, are exposed to, which is, you know, I'm looking up to my family members, my dad and my uncles, and, you know, they running around the streets. You know, it was a lot of trying to make ends meet however they could, all, a lot of the flashy street lifestyle. You know, I grew up on a block where although we were coming from a challenging neighborhood, we never locked our doors, you feel me? Because it was just like a, a energy of, there was so much respect for my family in our neighborhood that it was very normalized for them to live the lifestyles they live, but the, the recourse never came home, if you feel me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I grew up kind of watching that, but then also as things kind of shifted, you know, I've seen, you know, violence at a young age with the, the passing of my uncle. He was murdered at 16 and, you know, watched my mom, you know, navigate a drug addiction. So there was a lot of that. But simultaneously, even though that's happening and my dad and my uncles are getting incarcerated, I grew up with a ton of love. You know what I mean? Like my grandmother has been one of those super consistent presences in my life. And I think even one of the lessons I've been reflecting on from watching the Kanye West documentary is like seeing his relationship to his mother, to Donda right. West. I'm like, yeah, but that's my Gma right there. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like I Felt get that. that. And um, so like that's that's what a lot of my childhood was. It was her and I, you know, and, and my grandmother when I was growing up, she's been a minister for most of my life, you know. So like I also have that very nuanced experience of being a preacher's kid. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, you know, always a thinker, always kind of um, interested in things beyond my years, as my grandmother would say. You know, I've always been like an old soul, but really – from a place of always wanting to understand. And if I could understand, how do I improve on what's happening? And how do I do that in service of the people around me? You so, know, I, I want to cut you off, I'll but where did that part come from? The, the service part of like, how do I, yeah. as, as, as mm. you know, as children, as teens, that isn't something natural. Usually somebody is exemplifying that for us or Straight up. something around us that's making us want to go beyond where we are and expand and help other people. So where yeah. did that... So I'll say two things, and, and you know, I think you'll appreciate this just knowing the, the human you are. Uh, so the first part is my grandmother exemplified that. You know, my grandmother was one of those people like, you know, we grew up and in, in I didn't have a we didn't have money. Right. But like I always tell my friends, like I didn't know that we were actually broke until I went to college. Right. And that was just because of the character of my grandmother. She was the person who was always going to go out of her way to make ends meet. She was the person who would give you the shirt off her back. You know what I mean? Like, so when I was growing up, I'm watching her as a minister. But over time, I could see she didn't even really want to be in the pulpit because her ministry was in service. She was like, I want to be where the people are at. So outreach ministries. I grew up feeding the homeless as a kid regularly. Like, and from a place where it was like, yo, like we feeding the homeless and like we still figuring out at home. But like, it was never a second thought when she said, all right, it's time for outreach ministry. I'm going to find whatever old kicks I know I'm not going to wear and I'm donating them. You know what I mean? So I think I grew that heart for service from her. And then simultaneously, what I learned growing up 
is like when you navigate some of the things that I've navigated as a young person with my parents and, and things like that, uh, navigating abandonment issues, I think it, it shaped me to have a very keen presence on my impact on other people. And when I saw everything my grandmother was navigating with my dad and my uncles, right? She lost three sons to the streets before wow. I was even, you know what I mean? One was murdered and all of the rest of the three of them spent at least 10 years in prison, right? So I grew up from a space of like, I don't want to be a burden, right? So how can I make myself valuable? How can I serve? And that paired with watching her do it at such a high level and so consistently, I was like, yo, this is this is where happiness comes from. Right, you know? right. And it's like, we, that isn't, that isn't taught, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, where does true success and where does happiness and where do these things come from? And we've gotten in such a way with society where it's like chase the thing, chase the stuff, chase mm-hmm. the status. And it's like it's never it's never fulfilling. And as you were sharing that, it made me think. I don't know if you read Will Smith's memoir. No, not yet. So it's fire. I started, but I haven't yeah, I haven't it's gotten one of the through. longest books I've ever read. But it's fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's super long, but it's one of those things where it's like a page turn, like you can't put it mm-hmm. down once you get into it. But he talks about his grandmother in that way of service. Like yeah. that's who exemplified that for him. Mm-hmm. Where it's like she, she was like extreme too. She would have homeless people in the house washing them in their tub. Wow. And he learned that part of service and love from her, mm-hmm. the example. Yeah. Not necessarily her saying it. And what I'm hearing you say is like you've learned through I watched the it. example. I watched it. That, that's incredible to me. And it's powerful because that's something we can pass on. Yeah. I always tell people, it's like, hey, when I have children, it's, you know, I'm going to teach them lessons. I'm going to have talks with them. Mm-hmm. But how I live my life is what they're going to remember. Yeah, that's what's going to really shape them. <clears throat> you know what's interesting? So just hearing you reflect that back to me, you know, one of the things that I think like molded my perspective around service was no matter what we had, like from a materialistic space, my grandmother always had a reverence from the people around her. And it almost made us feel as if like we were in a better situation than the people we were around. But you know, we was experiencing the same exact things as they were, but because of the way my grandmother always makes people feel, people always wanted to put her on that pedestal just because they assume like, yo, you showing up, you always got enough for everyone beyond yourself. So you must have something, right? And I'm just now kind of reflecting on that. It was just, that's just the way you carry it when you have that joy, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes it's like, you say people want to chase the things, but really we should be more so thinking about like, what are the feelings that I, I want to manifest in my life? That's it. You know? That's it right there. And um, it's, man, it's so good that you say that. At the end of every year, uh, me and my lady, we reflect, mm. right? And obviously people have their resolutions and things mm. like that. So we sit and we say, what's one thing we want to just release, like get rid of for the upcoming year? Mm. And she'll share her stuff. I said, I want to get rid of fear for 2022. Like I want to release fear mm. from, and it's not even fear of like failure. It's like fear of succeeding almost in a sense. Which is, I think, way more common, actually. It's, yeah, absolutely, yeah. way more common. And um, <clears throat> just speaking on that, I, I sat down and I reflected. I was like, all right, what were the times last year where I felt the most joy? Mm. So I started gathering pictures in my mind. I started to write things down. I was like, that's what success feels like to me. Mm. How do I create more of that moving forward in 2022 and yep. 2023, God willing, and things like that? And it's like, man, that's such a better almost like a, a target to, to aim for. Right. It's like, what are the things that brought me the most joy? It was like, it was real simple moments. It was me 
you know, having my closest friends at my house with their ladies. Mm-hmm. We got some wine, some food, and we laughing for five, six hours just yeah. talking. I'm like, that's how do I create more of that? How do I get yeah. more of my time back to do that? Right. And I think, man, when when you chase the feeling, that's that's really where it's at right there, that feeling. And, um, man, you really brought some stuff up that I believe is going to free some people mm. because, again, they see the things. And I have no problem with things. We all have yeah. nice things. Right. My, my lady loves nice things. Right. I want I want more nice things. Actually. I want more nice things. Yeah. But I don't want them for the reason of having the nice things. Exactly. They're all they're it's all a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And chasing that feeling, man. You you really got me thinking about that when you said I'm just like, man, the feeling is where it's at, and I can only imagine the feeling that you have when you walk into a space like this, that was once just a concept. It's crazy. I still trip out sometimes. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you that because I remember when we first had lunch, we were walking um, from some spot you brought me to. Great food. By oh, the yeah. Way. Munchies. Shout out yeah, Munchies. Yeah, shout yeah they hold munchies. me down. They hold me down Great for sure. Great food, but we were walking and we were walking over here and it had the, the sign for wreck outside. And I'm just like, yeah. how can, like, how does that feel? You know what I mean? How, what's that feeling like? Um, How do I describe it? I mean... Listen, bro, in the mornings that I come here and, you know, I get here before everyone else and I'm still wearing my do-rag and I walk, you feel me? And I walk in and I I look at the space and I turn on the lights. Like, it still lights me up again because I'm in this in-between phase where it's like, it's no longer just the vision, right? The vision has been manifested and now other people get to walk around the vision that I once had, right? That alone is like wild. (laughs) But also, you know, the belief of, you know, God's not finished yet, right? We're Love just that. now starting. And, like, in my mind, you know, it's about how do we scale up so more people can experience that feeling? Because I think, you know, um, the space itself, right, is very nice, which I'm yeah, very absolutely. grateful for. Absolutely. But I don't think, you know, having this kind of podcast equipment and these cameras are, are what makes Rex special. I I would like to believe that it's more of how people feel when they're in the space and when they interact with other people here. We fostered that. So for me, now that we've like started to form that and shape that, I just get excited about how we can go and share and spread that because I know that there's like so many people that are going to be helped mainly from just experiencing the reality that like, yo, there's mad love in this space and I feel it. You know what I mean? In a real genuine way. And I know that there's a lot of our members who maybe this may be the space that they feel most free in all the places in their life. So if I can expand that, wow. that's what gets me excited, you know? So I balance it. I, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe we're here. But also I'm like, there's a, a responsibility for don't let up now, right? Keep yeah, going because we're now. just starting. And that, that's powerful. Um, just thinking about the space. I was talking to somebody about this last week at REC, and I was talking about community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, it's dope, but community isn't what people think it is. Like, community isn't the space. Right, nope. It's almost, like, it's almost like Will has established real estate in everyone's mind. When I'm not at REC, I'm still part of the community. Facts. If I'm Facts. in Jersey, if I'm in another mm-hmm. state, it's like I'm still within this community. Mm-hmm. And you've built that, not just through the establishment, but through the feeling in which you've created Thank you. I really want people to like really understand it. Like, while yeah. the space is dope, it's like who knows? You may move to another space. This may expand to something else. Like, it's right. going to be ever evolving. Absolutely. And again, the feeling. And again, like you know, we didn't start the community here. 
at Ninth and Market. There we go. Right? The community right. started at Ninth and Dolphin in a way less sexy space than this one. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we were in a part of the neighborhood that literally, they called the Badlands. You feel me? Like, it's wow. North Philly, but, like, that's the part of, of the neighborhood um, that we were in. And it was definitely one of those places where, like, when people would walk up the four flights of stairs to get to Rack and they would watch, you know, a panel with no heat in the in in the winter or no AC in the summer and they sweat and trying to get the information <laughs> and we had real industry people coming in like to me that was the purest form of community and that's what gave us the confidence that we could scale up and do it bigger because it was like if we all down to sit through this on a Friday night and learn it was like yo imagine what can happen when we can really do that right you know but i i'm really proud that our community started in that way cuz it wasn't about the shiny things it was about us That's being important. together. You know what I mean? That's important. It, it makes me think what type of individual would be mil- be willing to be a part of that community. Like you said, come up the four, four yep. flights, you know, be in a, in a scorching heat or the cold. And it's like, where's your mind at that you want to be involved in this? And again, you've created a feeling. Word. Right? People do things because they feel like it. F- facts. That's the reality. It's like, we, don't, we really don't do things we don't. Feel like for the mm, most part, wow. And, and you've created that, man. And again, um, I know I gave you your flowers earlier, but I think it's important to, to just continue to affirm you in that way. Thank you, bro. Because that's something again that isn't taught. See, look, I'm a, I'm a accept that, and I'm also gonna gonna say the one word I would challenge is like, I don't know if I can take credit for creating the feeling. Mm. The older I get, and the more I I, I deepen my relationship to my grandmother. I just pass along the feeling that she gave me. You feel me? Like, like before there was wreck at Ninth and Market, before there was wreck at Ninth and Dolphin, like, I'll never forget, my grandmother built this gazebo in our backyard um, when I was in high school. And she built that specifically because me, Dave, and Leonzo would always be in the crib dancing, we'd be on the tables doing whatever we wanted to do because that was our safe space, right? So one time she was like, yo, I'm going to get this. I'm going to invest in this gazebo, right, in our backyard because I know you need a space to be. And I know that our living room isn't even the fullest space for you. Mm-hmm. And, like, she told me one time, she goes, yo, as kids, I'm not mad at y'all for dancing on my tables because that's what, that's what we was doing. We was getting wild. Because <laughs> she goes, I understand young people and young people need to bounce the ball. But I can't yell at you for bouncing the ball in my house if I don't also have a place for you to bounce the ball. You know, and that was it. And from there, it was like that gazebo was the place that we would be our best selves, incubate our ideas, talk about the future visions. And now, honestly, the gazebo just morphed into that Ninth and Dolphin space and it's morphed here. And like, if I'm being real, it's just like I now just want to pass on that feeling that she gave us because I know what that meant for me. In the same way that like, again, when I reflect and I watch Donda Yo, it makes sense why Kanye believes in himself so much. Yes. Because Donda believed in him that much. I'm talking, like, it was undeniable to believe that she, you can almost feel the mm-hmm. energy through the TV. I was at the 100%. house, like, man, I feel like she believed in me too. Yeah. Like, the way that she was affirming him and you can feel the embrace. Yeah. It's like, yo, no wonder he was who he was. Yeah. And imagine, you know, I'm just thinking of Philly right here. Mm-hmm. Imagine all of the young kids, the young teens. You know, growing up in tough situations, if they had someone who believed in them like that, yeah, bro, and and it's and it gets deeper, right? It's it's Donda, but also Cootie. Yes, Cootie stopped his career to say, "I'm gonna go and just document what you're doing because I see the greatness, and I'm going to affirm that." 
So like to wake up as Kanye West and have, you know, Donda, but also have Cootie who's like here, like this is history in real time and I'm here to record it for you. Like sometimes I think the leaders get too much credit when really it's like that first follower is so important too. So important. You know? And like the reason I know we're going to be successful is because I, I know that the world is ready to accept the, the truth that success is a team sport. You feel me? Like I think the the mentality of coming from an inner city neighborhood is like, just me by myself i got it you know what i mean but like for real that's a such a defeated mindset already like if you think that you got to do everything then like there's no way you can compete with people who are playing a team sport you know and that's why our whole thing is independent doesn't mean alone and i love that you know i love that that right there just just yells community yeah just yells like i just want to support you and whatever you got going on i love your mission yeah yo mike you trying to be like cootie i'm on like that like you just you down for the vision? You know, you drop everything. I know you got life and everything like that, but I mean, <laughs> where we where we going is really important right now. No, Listen, <laughs> you know, nah, that, that, that's powerful, man. And the whole independent doesn't mean a loan thing is such a statement, man. Because like yeah. you said, we're in that age where, and social media portrays this a lot, or people portray this on social media a lot that they're getting it alone, right? And I'm doing it, but I'm out the mud by myself, and it's like it's just that term is just it don't sit right with me. It's just, it's just like, it's not true. Like, nobody is self-made. Like, even if you made a lot of money, somebody had to give it to you. Even if that was the customer, <laughs> you feel me? But it's like, you didn't do it by yourself. Right, right. So, yeah, I think it's just so exciting to know that, like, there's a real mindset shift that's happening where, where people are understanding, yo, we don't got to compete when we can collaborate. You know what I mean? And, like, I think on the surface, it's going to change how people create and how we, we interact. But I think that's, like, more representative of, like, there's a spiritual shift happening. Right. Where people are, are realizing, yo, we're, we're more similar than we are different. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So I want to I shift really quick. because um, It's really important that we talk about this. Um, first and foremost, shout out, shout out to G Mom. She's, <laughs> she's dope. Shout out she to you. She the truth, bro. You the truth. <laughs> she, she the, the reason we here. Yeah, she the truth. Want to put that out there. <laughs> Give you your flowers. Um, I, I want to talk about the mental and emotional challenges, right? Yeah. Because you know, while the story is incredible, it's like there's obviously some times where it's like just extreme stress. Now, mm-hmm. I, I believe this in you. I believe that you're an extremely confident person. Where it's like I knew we would. Maybe not get to this build in this place, but I knew right. that this was going to pop up. I knew that sure. this would work over time, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to quit on it. But what did those dark times look like? I believe everybody has, maybe they're not extreme, <laughs> sure, but I believe everybody has those moments of like just stress. Yeah. Look, man, I mean, there, there are plenty. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I'm like, damn, where, where, where do you want me to go with this? Because, you know, it's. You know what? Here, let me. I think let me paint a picture for you, okay. right? Uh, what I think um, there's a lot of challenging times I can point to externally, right? Like you know, part of my story. I, I I know what it feels like to be incarcerated. You know what I mean? I know what it feels like to, you know, just not know where the next meal's coming from. You right. know, almost by choice because I quit the job that I had. It was a really nice full time job, but I quit that to do the dream. So like, there's that stuff. But honestly, I think some of the hardest times for me, like spiritually and emotionally where when I was earlier in the journey of wreck where I had quit the job um, living out of the warehouse and nobody knows about it you know what I mean because I'm pseudo clean homeless right and like literally right around the corner from where the wreck spot is in the same building right wow. 
Wow. Everyone goes home at the end of our events, and I just walk around the corner and go to sleep on the couch, right? Mm-hmm. And and I didn't have the pride to share that with anyone. So, like, the only people that knew were, like, my business partner, Dave, my boy, Leonzo, who was there with me for two of those three or four years. Um, it was that long? Yeah, bro. Yeah, we Rec had a presence in the warehouse for, I want to say, about five years in total. Three and a half of those, I lived there. Like, that's how we even, like, started a relationship with that window factory. I knew a bull who had a studio there. I realized that the landlords didn't care about nothing. We could build a studio. And then to lower my expenses, me and Leonzo were like, yo, let's just live here. And we weren't supposed to live there. But anyway... So in that time frame, especially early on when we're throwing parties, where we're seeing all the signs of outward success, right? People are like, oh, there's a thing happening. This is dope. I was getting all those accolades at the time where I really wasn't respecting myself. I wasn't treating my body right. I wasn't respecting my emotions. I was literally like abusing myself by pushing myself to the limit in service of the, the further out dream. And there's just something crazy that happens when, like, you're doing that to yourself for a long period of time and people are clapping for you. That's a crazy feeling. Right it's, there, a nut, it's a wild feeling. Like the dichotomy is wild. Right? Because it's like on the outside, you're doing a lot of things right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no one close enough to be like, but you're not doing it right, though. And that was a, a tough journey to go through, right? Because you're like, well, it's working, so keep doing it. But you're also like, yo, this ain't sustainable. And, and after that was when things started to hit the fan where I could be like, yo, like, I respect that if I want my business to grow, I've got to grow first. Mm. You know? Because, and I learned that. I learned that John C. Maxwell, he calls it the law of the lid. He goes, no business will ever be greater than the leader's level of leadership. Mm. So that's when I started saying, all right, cool. Now it's time to really go inside. Let's do the therapy, you know, let's let's build the men's group. Let's let's do the things to get right, you know. And then once that happened, you know, I started rebuilding my relationship with my pop and and being more present with my Gma. That's when things started to go. But in that middle, sheesh. In the middle is where it's where it's trying. And was that difficult for you to kind of make that transition and like y'all me start taking care of me? 100 percent because then you have to fight the friction right because again there's the you know so dave my co-founder and i have been friends since high school right so we have a really beautiful relationship that once we started a business together we started our first business together like 21 years old and like the culture that we had built was oh friday nights at midnight we were in peak work time in the basement crunching on the computer going ham and we love that like, it was almost an inside joke. Like, yo, Friday nights, people out here getting drunk, we getting turned up, like, making things happen. Um, so when you when you do a lot of great things in that culture of work, and then you start to say, wait, 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 this ain't sustainable, let me pivot, there's the judgment that starts to come up. Even if it's not from the other person, from yourself, right? Of like, all right, I've been here all day, 12 hours, it's 9.30 p.m. I think I should go home and rest. And I look at Dave, he's still sending emails. I'm like... I owe it to him to keep going. So that transition gets harder because you're not in a healthy environment and sometimes that unhealthy environment doesn't have what you need to then get healthy. Mm. You have to remove yourself from it Mm -hmm. to then bring healthy culture back into it. So there was a lot of friction there, right? And like, there's that. There's like the other things people don't think about in entrepreneurship of like, you know, I built a team of people that 
for the first maybe two, three years of the business were largely volunteers and interns. And like, it's one thing to have the sacrifice of, okay, if we didn't hit our revenue numbers, I got to do something different this month. I got to figure it out. It's a whole different thing when you when you have to look your business partner in the face and say, yo, if we don't get this deal done today, we don't make payroll. That's a whole different kind that's of pressure. That's a different kind of anxiety right there. You know? And that's a real thing, bro. We're at a point now we have over 20 full-time employees. That's that's 20 people who are like, yo, I'm counting on this check, right? Every, yeah. So your decision's got to add up to me being able to count on this check. Does that ever feel like too much pressure at times? Or are you at a point where it's like the system's set up where it's like, okay. Um, I think the system is set up in a way that our processes put us in the best position to be successful. But I'd, I'd be lying if I said the stress isn't still there because yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, you know, like it, it 100 percent is. But but I think you, you learn um, to navigate stress differently, especially, you know, as you get to do things like therapy and like really get to like the heart of, you know, your yeah, emotional being. That environment and really, you know, self-care, obviously, and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, that's that's really, really important. And I'm really glad that you shared that. Because you said, you know, you were showing up, you were doing what you had to do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, to what extent? Because you burned out. And I have a personal testimony. <clears throat> I ended up in the emergency room it's probably two years ago now. Wow. To this point, um, passed out in my bathroom, fell out on the floor. Um, all these different things happened. And my, hello. Yeah, the funny part is she's getting selfies off. <laughs> hey, I'm like, look, 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 look. look, I'm happy for it. And I love right. that. I love that that's part of the podcast, Facts. actually. But um, <laughs> what happened was... She didn't see us until this very moment. <laughs> that is so great, yo. <laughs> Get your selfie off, right. girl. Come on. Come on. I love it. I love it. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I passed out in my restroom. And wow. it was wild because they took me to the emergency room. My, my wife took me there. They're running, you know, COVID tests, yeah. obviously. They're running um, flu tests. Yeah. It was it exhaustion. Ends up coming back. Exhaustion. Y'all have been there, bro. Exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And I remember that hit me like, yo, what just happened? Mm-hmm. One minute I'm in the bathroom, next minute I'm waking up, I'm at the hospital. It's like, mm-hmm. what happened? It was like, yo, burnout. Yep. And I remember so talking scary. to my lady about that. Yeah, so scary, bro. But as a man, especially as a black man, I realized that we, we work ourselves into dust. Like we grind. Mm-hmm. We say grind. We grind ourselves into dust. Yep. I come from the blue collar mentality where it's yep. work, work, work. Yep. Bring the money home, back to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where 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 the father figure is present, but he's not present. Right. You know what I'm saying? 100%. It's just work, 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 work. And I'm like, man, when do we start to focus on our health? Because as we know, mm-hmm. men, especially black men, we die, you know, at a significant rate earlier, you mm-hmm. know, just years earlier. I think it was almost I even ten to twenty years earlier than, than women. You know, even when you see an older couple, right? You usually see the man on the, on the, mm, the cane, you know, hurting, sure. limping, yeah. and the wife trying to take care. That's facts. And I remember, and this this is when it really hit me. My uh, my lady was coming in from work, so obviously she I'm, I'm doing entrepreneurial things, so I, my schedule is all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And she works as a um, a therapist. Oh, dope. She comes in. That's one beautiful. Day. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> it's kind of dope how it lined up, um, and she does incredible work for addictions counseling. Nice. So she's coming in from work one day. I'm resting like midday because I've been up since 4.30. Mm-hmm. I did all I had to do. I was like, let me take an hour nap. I'm on the couch. I hear the front door because we have a keypad. Yeah. So I hear do 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 You jumped up. Boom. Right, 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 right. Boom. Yeah. I jumped up. Boom. Yeah. Hit the kitchen. Man, and I was like, it. yo, what? Why did my Man. body just do that? 
And I realized I was just programmed in yep. that way to try to just work, 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 Man. and never take care of myself. So and you probably felt guilty for I taking a nap. Guilty, but I couldn't understand why. And mm-hmm. I talked to her about it. And she was like, "Take a nap." Right. I was like, "Yeah, but I gotta." Yeah, and I don't want you to think. And she's like, "I don't." Yeah, but like, and that's it's so deep, bro. Like the conditioning is so real. Like there's a, there's a whole narrative around like the lazy black man, right? That I think sometimes like we internalize if we're not careful. Like when I think about like um, the Jay Z, um, the story of OJ, yeah, and like and like when you think about like the, do you remember the music video? What it looks like? Yep. Like that whole caricature, I think, comes from a time in American culture. Where like the propaganda was, you gonna see a lazy watermelon eating ass nigga. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. I think like whether or not that was true, because like black people have been <laughs> doing tons of labor <laughs> for our entire I'm existence, right? Um, but that to be the propaganda, and then it internalized where like even like your partner, you don't want to let her see you in a relaxed state. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's real. And I think a lot of us experience that. So it's important to just call that out and name it. And then realize that, like, yo, taking your foot off the gas is not something that, like, you get to do in celebration. You know? Like, it actually has to be a part of the routine. It has to be a part of the routine. And she freed me when she said that. And um, it allowed me to sit in a space where it's like, yo, it's okay. to Rest is actually productive for me. Yes. I can get I more done that. in a four-hour window than I can in probably, like, a 10-hour window if I'm focused for the four hours. Straight up. So that's how Straight I've kind of structured my schedule and things like that. But um, it really freed me up to really just rest my mind and not feel mm-hmm. guilty and feel shame and like I'm this lazy bum she's like dude you're probably the hardest working person I know like yeah. relax yeah you know especially after that scare with the emergency room so I want to ask you what does self-care look like for you today yeah I think that's still evolving um but you know what does that look like I'm way less on edge about my rest these days right where like I'm more willing to be like all right cool I need to chill on this Sunday. Is that perfect? No. Do I? Do, am I still agreeing to do things on my Sunday when I be like, I, I'm not gonna do nothing on same, Sunday, same, and then people same, hit same. me up and I be like, Oh, you need me? All right, bet I'm gonna do that. Um, but there are things that I've I've brought into the fold where like, I I discovered the bathhouse recently. Oh, it's like a big ass place, pools, saunas, and basically you just like chill for hours, and then you take turns going into one of five or six different saunas. Everyone has a different temperature and humidity. It's a fire experience. Really? So, like, that's a part of my life. I try to get there every couple months. Like, meditation is a, is a part of my daily my daily thing. Nice. Um, and then the newest one that I really love is, is travel. Travel is, is huge. Yeah. For the first seven years as an entrepreneur, I never took a vacation. And um, right when the pandemic hit a couple years ago, uh a friend of mine, a fellow member, Carlos, invited me to Puerto Rico. And that ignited my whole like, oh, wait, travel and and what I used to think was luxury is actually not luxury. Like, I need that as a creative person to like fill my spirit. I got to see new things. I got to experience new things. Um, And that's what self-care is like for me now. Not not to cut you off. And I'm thinking like sometimes it isn't just sitting and studying. Nah. It's getting out and experiencing life. Yeah, because I've already done that. Like, that's so a part of just who I am. Like, Mm -hmm. I enjoy reading. I enjoyed reading as a kid, you know. When I'm on YouTube, I'm usually watching something of I'm going to learn from the person who's speaking, right? Like, that's just how I'm built. So I had to kind of interrupt that and be like, yo, but also, like, I remember the other day I put on, like, one-on-one. You remember that show, one-on-one? That was a classic, too. Well, I found that it was on Netflix. I'm like, you know what? We should just watch this. Because I know if I don't do that, 
my brain is going to be, oh, well, let me go watch the founders of Morning Brew who've been a really successful media business. Right. Let me just listen and learn and, and adapt and, you know, but I have to turn my brain off, bro, because if not, it, you know. Overload. I, I do the same thing because it's like my wife always jokes me because we have these TVs around with the Roku and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm always going on there just to go to YouTube. Right. And I got a whole playlist of different videos and some motivational stuff and stuff yeah. I'm trying to learn and other things. And it's like, yo, when do you just relax? So I catch myself yeah. um, watching uh, a different world a lot. So I go back to a different world. I watch a lot of Fresh Prince. I started going back to Martin Seasons. Yeah. And just for, you know, a little bit of time, just yo, let your brain relax, bro. Yeah. Like try not to learn too much right now. Right. Like, just enjoy the things you used to enjoy because it's – you get one life, and I, I believe we get so serious, especially for the entrepreneur, right? where we don't enjoy the life that we have. We're constantly like, I'm building the life I want. It's like you haven't enjoyed any anything. Right. What are we really building right now? Like, what do, you know what I mean? What do, and especially if you're in the space of service, and like Sai and I were having a conversation about this like this morning, and it was just like, yo, like you also have to remember at some point you, you, you get to do things for you. You know, like, you know, there was a whole never not working phase I went through. And a lot of it was like, because I had this team who's counting on me and this and that, I felt like I had to never not be working. So even if I'm out at a bar having a drink, I want to have a drink with someone who I know we could be a collaborator at some point. Right. right? Like everything had to somehow tie back. But at some point you got to be like, all right, cool. But like you did all the things with discipline and stuff. But like, what did you do for you? Mm. You know, you show up for everyone else. But like, how do you show up for you? What yes. What are the things you do that literally is not attached to anybody's happiness but your own? And that's still something I'm I'm newly asking those questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know? it's good that you're asking. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we don't. Right. Like you said, people just burn out. And I heard once, uh, this is actually like last week I was listening to a podcast that says we're loyal to other people, but we aren't loyal to ourselves or our purpose. And it's, it's like, facts, yo, bro. I remember asking the kids, I'm doing my program, I'm like, you know, what are some qualities you look for in a friend? Everybody put loyal. <laughs> I said, what's loyal? They're like, you know, when somebody kind of down with you, you know what I mean, where, right. you know, they, they got your back. And I was like, cool. And then I asked them about being loyal to themselves and taking care of themselves. And they was like, oh, well, I never really, I never really thought about it. So and I'm real, like, bro. man, that's, that's really backwards. That's crazy. We had never really thought about it of just prioritizing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have this talk with parents all the time. I'm like, hey, you know, who's your, who's your number one priority? Yeah. Your cliche. My kids. Right. You know, my husband. I'm like. The priority. Yeah, high key. That's trash. It's trash. Yeah, it, it, you think it comes from a good heart space, no, but in practicality, it isn't what's best for the child. Right. You know? It isn't what best because you're not giving them the best version of you in that moment. Right. You're giving them much a much lesser version because you haven't taken care of yourself. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? So you have to pour into yourself first, and I know that they hear that over pour into yourself. So you can pour into others, but mm-hmm. cliches are real, man. Yeah, they come you from somewhere. To into, they come from somewhere. And I, I think it's important, especially in this space of entrepreneurship, um, for artists, creatives to take care of you yeah. first and then create and pour on us from your overflow. Mm-hmm. That's super, super important. And you know what I think is also a part of that? Creating healthy boundaries. You know, I think that's something that I struggled with early on and like. I feel a lot of people do as well. And I think, you know, um, in the same vein of what you said of like, you know, people are saying, yo, the most important thing in a friend is loyalty. I I used to hear um, amongst a lot of creatives early on in their career this idea of like, yo, I'm going to do this with my day ones, right? Mm. No new friends. Mm -hmm. And like I get where it's coming from in the heart space, right? 
But it's like, yo, should you be more loyal to the person who happened to, you know, be from three blocks down from your grandmom's crib at this time? Or should you be loyal to the shared vision that you guys have? There we go. And if the shared vision ever changes, you have to be loyal enough to the vision to say, I'm willing to change my environment to make the vision a reality. And that's where I think that whole day ones thing gets ugly because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win with my day ones. But then you know that your day one is not making the decisions that are true to the vision. They're holding you back, actually. Right? And you don't have enough healthy boundaries and respect for yourself to say, yo, this is where you got to get off the train because I'm still going that place we said we were agreed to go to. Right. And you people got to grow with you. It's one of those things yeah. where it's like because we're in proximity or I've known you since the second grade doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we need to remain like this. Right. If you're not elevating with me, like right. you said, you need those people with you who are on that journey. Like, OK, we're going to the next level. Right. The air is a little different up here. Can you breathe up here with us? Right. Because I don't got time to, you know, I ain't got time. let you yada, 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 you know. Man. And that's why, like, when you do find the people that are vision aligned like that. You got to hold those people dearly because like, you know, like I'm proud. Like what I what Dave and I have as literally, you know, being best friends from like 10th, 11th grade incredible, and going on to both make Forbes 30 under 30 the same year, like all that. It's like that's rare. And and, and it really. Thank you, man. It is. And it it even humbles me because it's just like there's been so many times where certain decisions could have not allowed it to be that. Mm -hmm. But the thing that has been constant is we've both been faithful to the vision and that gets ugly sometimes we're like yo i'm not on my square and he's got to have real convos yo bro you know accountability looks like this yada yada and vice versa and like sometimes people are more loyal to like their friends emotions than they are to like accountability right so like you know that that's something that i just think like once you find people who really are tapped in and they're going where you're going they're willing to commit to growth you got to cherish those folks because you know it, it can be few and far in between and that's powerful what you said about the whole emotional part because it's like because we're boys, mm-hmm. I'm going to feed into the emotion. But it's like, no, this is the vision we had casted. Yep. We focus on this and we'll work everything else out in between. And it won't always look beautiful. You know what I mean? Right. We're going to have our moments where we're mm-hmm. bumping heads, but we're focused on the vision. And at 100%. some point, we'll get realigned. It makes me think about um, <laughs> we did marriage counseling. And mm, it was more so beautiful. like, you know, focus on God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You focus on God. Y'all will meet at this point. But if you're constantly focusing on the emotions and these different things, it's going to fall apart. If you're focusing on what you want out of this, yeah. it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. But if you both can focus right here, we'll meet. Yeah. And everything will work out. And I, I just thought about that when you were saying that, man. That's that's incredible. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast, bro? <laughs> uh, yes. I've absolutely thought about it. I just got to – for me, it's like to do something like start a podcast, I just have to design the system that, like, I can just show up and do it and leave. Because, like, the way my time is set up, <laughs> it'd be hard to be consistent in that. Right, but it's definitely right. on my mind. Right, it's right, man. You would mind. have a fire fire podcast. I'm just, I am just want to let you know. Ah, thank you. Because as I'm bro. talking to him, I'm like, man, this would be a great podcast host. <laughs> Word up. Like, we're going we to get it to, we gonna get it together. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to work on it. We're going to get that schedule together. We're going to line that up because uh, right. the world needs that. The world thank needs you, that. But, um, no, man, I appreciate the time. I don't want to hold you much longer. I just have a few more things. Um. Really quickly, what's next for you? Like, what's next for Rec? What's next for Will? Yeah. Um, so what's next for, I'll start with Rec. What's next for Rec is we're expanding. You know, we're expanding the vision. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to share that. You know, I'm very proud of the success here in Philadelphia. Um, we have officially chosen our, our next city um, where we're going to expand the model to. Um, and it's warm there. So I'm excited about that. But what's next for Rec is, one, we want to be able to, to, to build 
the vision of we want spaces around the world for people to be able to convene and have that feeling that we that we alluded to earlier. Um, but also, we're excited to launch a digital membership because, mm. yes, the space is beautiful and sexy, but we know that our community can commune in a digital space. Um, and there could be young people from Seattle and Oakland and Chicago and all over the map where we can all align and, and build community together that way. So we're going to do that. So I'm excited for what that looks like. Um, and that'll also have tons of media involved in it and, and content. Um, and then personally, I'm about to release my first book soon, hey. you know, which is exciting. I'm excited Off to yep, I'm excited to share just what I've been learning over these past few years about how to build a business around your passion, you know, how to, you know, do good, but also doing well and also like doing you, you know what I mean? That idea of getting paid to be who we are. I learned a lot about that. So I put that in a book. Um, and then also, you know, I want to continue to to maximize my visibility, you know, as a personal brand, you know, and, and get more comfortable in even saying that, you know, I think I, God has given me a message and a gift and I want to I want to be respectful to meet him halfway by sharing it as best I can. I like you know, so that's kind of where I'm at with it right now personally. But all in all, more of the vision, which is which is to empower creative people to do what they love. Nice, bro. Nice. It's going to be it's a different feeling when you're going to hold that book mm-hmm. in your hand and realize that other people are receiving it and reading your words. Yeah. And um, that's going to be powerful. I can't wait for that to drop. And then I'm also thinking while you were talking. Wrecking the metaverse, <laughs> right, bro? Wrecking the metaverse, right? That's, that's going to be fire. Meeting that wrecking the metaverse. I already know that that's going to be going down because you, you're into tech and you're really into. I'm a nerd, bro. Yeah, Web three, <laughs> all of that stuff, and I love it, bro, because the possibilities are endless. It's a fact. For what's coming next, and I already know you're on top of it. I'm ready. I know you're on I'm top ready. of it. As soon as you drop an NFT, you already know. Um, I, yeah, I need that. I'm copping that NFT because I believe in the vision. I need. I need Appreciate to have. I need to have that. So real quick. Um, share with um, you know just the audience, the people. How can they get in contact with you? Learn more about you. Yeah, socials, all of that. Cool. Yeah, the best way to keep in touch with me is uh, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter. Both are the same. It's at the Will Toms. So T H E Will Toms. Last name is T O M S. Uh, Thewilltoms.com on the website. And then also I want I want people to lean in and, and follow us on the Rec Philly channels. Right, oh. Rec Philly on Instagram um, and on Twitter. Rec Philly underscore. But yeah, that's it, man. Follow me, tap in, and like for anyone who wants to reach out, one, I am very responsive to Instagram DMs. Like I'll respond to a DM quicker than I will an email. <laughs> is what it is. Um, and then also, I did. I, I should share this too. I just launched um, a text, John. So like, oh, nice. so people can just that's shoot me sweet. a text as well, you know, so we can get a little bit more intimate, a little bit more direct. Um, and that number is two six seven. It's still new. No. Wait. Two one five five nine six four zero six nine, and we'll make sure to drop that too. Cool, we'll add that to the description cool. as well. Perfect, thank That's you. Fire. That's fire. I don't remember my text number because I have a text community too. I don't remember. That. Really? Yeah. Well, mine but is. I, I two probably one, should memorize that. Two one five five nine six four zero six nine. Pow. Nice. Yeah. Make sure y'all tap in with Will. Um, just doing incredible things, and he's super inspiring. Uh, and he's he's super creative too with the whole Instagram piece and the thank reels. You, I was literally. Before we started this, I'm looking through the reels. I'm like, all right, how can I do this for the the page? Like, I'm trying to learn from you. Thanks, man. And it's super dope, man. So make sure y'all tap in with them. Um, really quick, last two things, Will. Um, I have all of my guests bring a quote with them. And mm-hmm. this is the quote that you brought. He who says he can and he who says he can't are both correct. That was my first tattoo. Really? Yeah. It's right here, right here. Really? Yeah, man. Nice, nice. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that and why, you know. 
Why was that so inspirational to you? Yeah, I think, look, that's that's the mindset um, that I think is required to do anything great, you know? And I think um, one of the biggest gifts that I've been given is the mindset that, again, my GMA passed down to me. You know, I grew up in a household where, like, I couldn't say I can't, you know what I mean? I like that, that. that didn't exist. She wow. was like, you can say it's challenging. You can say that you need to learn more to be able to accomplish it, but you can't say you can't. Right. The foundation, she said. And and for me, like I really just like started to live by that and I realized that like, yo, if you say you can, you are one step closer to doing. And if you say you can't, you've already disqualified yourself. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, who you're right. So you might as well be on the side of empowering yourself. Right, right. You might as well. Like you already know what this side looks like. Right. This looks like failure. This looks like letting go of the rope when you're at the top. Yeah. Why not see if we can reach the top? Yeah, and it goes back to the Steve Jobs quote too. Like, you know, Steve Jobs said, you know, everything in this world was created by somebody no smarter than we are. And sometimes it's like we see all these crazy shiny tools and technology and we get intimidated as if as creative people, as people of color, as if we haven't been the most creative resilient design thinking innovative bootstrapping people since the beginning of time right you know so i always just love to refer myself in that so i tatted it and that's my quote man he i love that bro i love that uh one last thing and this is just a signature question for the show Mm -hmm. um as you know the title is change what we normalize so i want to ask you yep what does change what we normalize mean to you Mm. um i think change what we normalize to me is about taking a mindful look at the things that we've internalized and have shown up in the world as and doing and 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 give it a look with intention and saying before just accepting what is let's look at it and saying but is this what we want and if it's not let's change it you know and and real quick if i could just add this oh, yeah, yeah. Please, if i could please, add please. what i think i would like to add to the world as far as changing what we normalize it would go back to the thing i said earlier i want to normalize that success is a team sport especially for people of color group economics is the only way we'll win mm. man hell of a way to close it out powerful 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 conversation bro i really appreciate you again tapping in with me making the time man it's a blessing um before we close out like i said as always Y'all know I started this on a season two when I got here. It's just a quick prayer, nothing deep, um, but I believe in just sharing that energy. And me, prayer is like appreciation and admiration of whoever I get to cross paths with. So I'm constantly praying for people. I'm the guy that's driving past the accident praying. Yeah. I'm the dude that's like somebody put it on Facebook. Hey, I need some prayers. I'm actually praying. I'm not yeah. just putting the hands. So right, right, right. You're not simple. saying I'm going to pray for you, and that yeah, was the prayer. I'm, I'm not that person. <laughs> that, that's not the prayer. I'm actually the person that's like, let me just say a quick prayer. Even not if it's as two love. seconds. So, as always, we close out every episode with, with a brief prayer, and um, I want to do that with you, so we're going to jump right into it. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity to link up with my brother, Will, who is just doing incredible things and really walking in alignment with his purpose. Um, I pray that you would continue to expand his territory, expand uh, the opportunities that he's getting, and that you would place God opportunities in front of him, that you would continue to expand his team, Lord and that you would bring him peace in his mind as things continue to grow, that he would continue to lean on you, and that you would utilize him as a vessel to impact, inspire, motivate, and be a resource for so many people all around this world. This is just the beginning of where things are going, and we know it's going to get larger because it's in your will, and um, I know that your purpose for him is massive in this world. Um, And I'm just grateful, Lord, for this opportunity. Um, I pray that we both will remain humble, 
but at the same time, we will remain hungry while we're here and that we will touch the lives of so many other individuals, Lord. Continue to use us as vessels for good. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Amen. My brother. Appreciate you, Doc. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tapping into another episode of the Change or Be Normalized podcast. I am your host, Nate. And until next time, love y'all.